Welcome to the Skeptic Wire. Episode 45 of the Skeptic Wire on the 16th of February 2012, a day later than we normally do. Uh, we'll come to that in a moment. But before we get to that moment, uh, Greg, do we have any skeptical birthdays? Yes, we do. Uh, this is kind of one of those usual skeptical birthday weeks that everybody talks about because uh, Charles Darwin was born on the 12th of February, but there are a few other vaguely skeptically themed birthdays that I thought I'd go into. Um, do you guys know who was born February 15th, 1564? Wait, 1564? Mm-hmm. Correct. Uh, Loch Ness Monster. Yes. I mean, no. Uh, Galileo... Titus Andronicus. What? Titus Andronicus. Biggest no. dinkus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who any I did of the... say... Incontinentia buttocks? <laughs> keep going. I'm just going to let you work yourselves out. Well, you keep on asking us. It's obviously, we have no idea. Did you say Galileo? Galileo Galilei. <laughs> oh, okay. He okay. was born 15th. Was he from uh, Galilei? I really hope so. Probably not. <laughs> no, I, I think he was from Gallifrey. Gallifrey. Galileo Gallifrey. Okay. Yeah. And there was a loss in translation thing. Yes. Cool. And and what, what did he do, Galileo? He was big science guy, discovered some moons, and uh, was persecuted by the church because he was uh, skeptical of the whole um, Earth-centered Our, universe kind of thing. And apparently he was quite rude to the church as well. Which in would their eyes. put him in good stead with a lot of uh, skeptical heroes that we have, like Hitchens, who basically just say, hey, screw you. All right, uh, so Galileo, Galilei, uh, and big big uh, proponent of planets and uh, planetary systems. And the other, the other one, there are a few other interesting birthdays this week, but I think I'll just go with one other. Who was born February 16th today in 1942? Here's 19. a hint. They're George naming Orwell. they're naming a new day after him today. Thor? No. It, it may be Thursday, but it's not Thor. 1942, born February 16th. Liked uh, movies. Orwell? Nope. Hitch, Hitchcock. Kim Jong-il. They're Thor- calling uh, Thursday's Kim Jong-il Day? They're, it's like Shining Leader Day or something like that. They're making an official, you know, every year they'll celebrate his life and... Um, well, I guess accomplishments is not the right word, but, you know, as far as they're concerned, he He's, is the dear leader. Yep. Dead now, but he has a son. A couple of yes. sons. Great. And there's, you know, vaguely conspiracy theory stuff around the son. You know, is he still alive? Are people going to kill him? So, you know, and his people aren't exactly skeptical of him. So that's why I thought of that as a skeptical birthday. And that's it. That would be the bad, then. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. Well, thank you very much, Greg. Um, we have an update on something, do we not? Something Medina Valley, Medina yes. something or other? <laughs> yes, the Medina Valley Independent School, which we discussed earlier, many, many episodes ago. During last year's graduation events, they were sued and it was reversed and... Uh, Gingrich has actually used the uh, judge, Judge Beery, as a whipping boy in his um, ascent into theocracy. Um, they've actually settled the lawsuit, which states that teachers, administrators, and other employees will not pray with students, elicit prayer, proselytize, or display religious artifacts. Um, lawyers on both sides are calling it a win, which obviously it isn't. Um but yeah, it's been settled. Yay! Uh, in Finally. a good way. Uh, it was that in a good way. I couldn't tell. <laughs> yeah. See, and I'm, I'm, yeah, not sure either. They're, they're well, not. the one thing that makes me think it's in a good way is that uh, Newt Gingrich apparently seems to hate it. Okay. Oh yeah. So he's yeah. he's been like he's been call he's been saying stuff about the judge and the judge is actually publicly came out and said, you know, if you have a problem with this, you're, you know, there's something wrong with you. He did right. he, he didn't talk to Gingrich by name, but it was responding to those kind of comments of you Yeah, know, we'll they, uh, we'll put a post. We'll put a link to his response in the show notes and and on the blog. Uh, yeah, I was just like I just want to quote one thing that Viri wrote. It said any American can pray silently or verbally seven days a week, 24 hours a day in private as Jesus taught or in large public events as Mohammed instructed. <laughs> that hey. makes perfect sense to me as a person who's interested in separation of church and state. People yeah. want to do it. Fine. Do it on your own time, but don't make me or my children do it. Well, not that I have children, but someday you that might. <laughs> anyway, you don't have children that you know about. Gary, we just went through Valentine's Day. I'm not exactly a <laughs> chipper about this. <laughs> well, we'll get to Valentine's Day in a little bit. Uh, speaking of uh, non-Valentine's Day, however, <laughs> well, two of us had a date last night. Uh, <laughs> I shouldn't have, you know what? I shouldn't have I said guess. anything. I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping my mouth shut. So last night, we were all supposed to go to a Roy Zimmerman concert, but unfortunately, Greg, you were ill. You caught ill, I guess, yes. under the weather. I was, in, I was you were fainting on my couch. <laughs> you were cutting it off the fainting couch. Yes. So we went to a Roy Zimmerman uh, to-do at the Radio Center here in San Antonio. Got about a 10-minute interview with him, talked with him, spoke yeah. with him, listened to him. Wait, we listened to him and, and then we introduced, spoke introduced, you know, Michael to Roy Zimmerman and, you know, bought him a CD and I'm already tired of the CD. <laughs> <laughs> he has more than one, you know. Yeah, That's we right. bought two. I'm already tired of both of them. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, he has eight, in fact. Eight CDs total, which you can buy in the box set. So uh, he's, he's uh, on a 50-state tour. Um, I guess he's about halfway through of it. He wants to get, get through all 50 states, or at least 49 of them, 48. Uh, well, how, the, how do you know he's guess. halfway through? Maybe he's just starting at the bottom and is working his way north, so that way he's at the beginning. 
Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he did say that he's going to be in Houston this weekend. Yeah. So all of our our Houston friends, please go out and support support Roy Zimmerman. Yep. And, and then he'll be um, what was it Austin and then or Austin was tonight. Austin's night is no, no. He's doing the Woodlands Friday, Sugarland the next day, and then Fort Worth on Sunday or Monday, I think. Sunday. Either way, for most of our listeners, it's nowhere near you, and you're entirely too late. That's right. And unfortunately, it doesn't appear that he's going to be going overseas. So all you overseas listeners, uh, you can look up look him up on YouTube. He has a lot of stuff on YouTube, and and buy his stuff. He's worth he's worth supporting. Yeah. It was a good yes. good concert. So let's listen to what the interview you guys got. Yes. So uh, we're sitting here with Roy Zimmerman after a concert which he has performed. I normally don't talk this stultedly, but I am now. So <laughs> How does this go? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the one question we wanted to ask you, unfortunately, we forgot what the question was, but you said in one of your songs that you never get asked this question. <laughs> Did I? I said one of my songs that I never get asked this question? Yeah, so we're trying to remember what it was. Influence <laughs> or, or combination? Uh, yeah, influence is right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So we thought we might start with that one. <laughs> well, I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty clear. I make no bones about, you know, uh, being influenced by Tom Lehrer and Phil Oaks and, you know, people who, um, who are either writing, you know, folk songs to make a difference, you know, or writing funny songs that made a difference. And Phil Oaks did both. Actually, he was very, very funny at, at times and very strident at times then, too. Um, but also, you know, there's a bit of... Uh, Brian Wilson in there, and there's a bit of uh, um, Stephen Sondheim in there. <laughs> you know, lots of lots of influences. And I try to, as you saw, as you, I hope you heard. You know, I try to vary the style a lot from song to song. Choose yeah. the style that best suits the song. Yeah, I, I really enjoy the diversity of, and certainly with an acoustic guitar and voice, it helps to have that that difference going. Right. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. I would feel a little a, a little bit. Uh, Conspicuous, doing the same style over and over again all night long. So, what what first inspired you to actually get up and start writing the types of songs that you're writing now? And were you writing something else and, and became uh, sort of the political satirist? Well, I've written all kinds of things, but when I think back to when I first started writing songs in, in junior high, really, um, they were funny right off the bat. That's kind of how I go about it. That's how, that's how they pour out of me naturally, you know. So they were always about the things that were happening. They weren't about politics, per se, back then. They were about stupid things that happened, like, you know, Mrs. Hemphill's wig blew up one day. There's a song about that, you know, to, to crack up my friends. <clears throat> and then along the way, I wrote, you know, country songs, and I wrote love songs, and I wrote disco songs, and whatever else I wrote, you know. But uh, but this is what I do naturally. Right. Uh, now, now you, you, you have a couple of live albums with you and guitar, but when you go, you go into the studio and you have a full production... Yeah, some albums are more, are more fully produced than others, you know. I'm constantly experimenting with that. I love the studio. The studio is like the third most fun I have, you know. Um, and uh, <laughs> um, so it's cool to experiment in there. Because I think the, the um, experience of listening to a record 
is different markedly than listening to a concert. So, you know, even if I capture a concert faithfully, it's not the same. You, can't, you don't have the facial expressions or whatever, and I think those things are made up for sometimes by the production elements. Now, do you, do you find that YouTube has, has really helped you a lot? Because, again, as you say, the facial expressions, that's how I got into you. I think, actually, uh, PZ Myers hosted you uh, years ago, yeah. first time, and then I have followed you since then. Yeah, it's been great. I mean, that was the, that was the song, Creation Science 101, right. that... Um, he picked up. We actually sent it to him. We've been reading Perengula, and uh, um, we 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 sent it to him, saying maybe you know maybe like this or whatever. And he, he put it right on the right on the blog. Instantly, there, were, there was a huge uptick in in um, in views, and I think that caught the eye of somebody at YouTube, and they put it on their front page. Oh wow! They used to have a featured section that anybody who went to YouTube.com you know would see anybody, and right. so. Right away, it went from, you know, I had, I don't know, a few hundred hits on it. Right after PZ, it went to 15,000 or something. <laughs> and then right away, it was like 300,000. Wow. After it made the front page. And, I, you know, <clears throat> yeah, it was a big day. I went, Wait, what? The, well, something happened here, you know. <laughs> and so, you know, that one's got, a, I don't know what it is, over a million hits. Um, and that and, and that's the reason I play a lot of shows, you know, for free thinkers, CFIs, humanists, secular students, um, what have you. You know, that song has been my gateway to a lot of a lot of great audiences that way. Uh, just out of curiosity, as far as the YouTube thing, uh, generally when someone like likes a con- uh, likes something on your YouTube, you can be sent. Someone liked it or someone favored it. Right. Uh, how did the uh, YouTube front page sort of change how you approach YouTube? Because I imagine you suddenly were inundated with a whole bunch of, uh, hey, someone favored your <laughs> yeah. YouTube. <laughs> yes, yeah, so my inbox was completely crowded. That's true. You can opt out of that, of course. Right. right? You can have, which I did, you know, ultimately because I don't need to know every time somebody hits on it or whatever. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but it but it turned me on to the power of, of YouTube certainly and so and I, you know I like a lot of my folky counterparts I guess you know up to that point I've been thinking okay well YouTube you're just giving your whole act away you know some of my comedian friends would say that too you know you're just giving your whole act away right you know why would anybody book you if they if they see that or why would anybody come see you if they've already seen you that do that right that's one one line of logic but what I found is exactly the opposite they'll come see you because they've seen it they'll book you because they've seen it yeah. and they'll bring friends to say oh do that part again do that bit again or whatever right you know yeah and so that you know I'm doing this 50 state tour I'm doing my campaign promise you know to perform in all 50 states and I'll show up in a place where I've never been before the other night Oxford Mississippi I've never been there before people there knew my songs there are two or three people who just sing along with me Oh, that's yeah. Uh, so, so, where are you going from? You're in San Antonio now, uh, as some of our listeners know. <laughs> where are you going from here? Uh, this will be up uh, Friday. Friday morning. So okay. So, where are you going for the next week or so? Or? Well, um, this is this is my weekend in Texas, basically. Um, Friday night, I'll be in in uh, north of Houston in the woodlands. Okay. Okay. Um, we have friends out there. Do you? Okay, yeah, we great. We'll, we'll tag them on Facebook. And Sweet. Okay, that's Friday night show. <laughs> Thursday night, it'll be before this uh, this this airs, but um, I'm in Sugarland. Okay. Okay. Home okay. um, of HMNI, Houston the, Museum of Natural Science. Ah, okay. That right. 
Sorry, I have to cut out my peeps. That's good. Do a shout out. That's good. Um, and then um, Saturday night is Fort Worth. Oh, got to make in the loop. Going to make a little loop, and then and then we're off to Wichita, Colorado Springs. Where else? Um, Las Cruces, New Mexico, Phoenix, Tucson, home. Right. Now, did you come through Dallas, or are you, are you skipping Dallas to hit Fort Worth? Uh, that's going to be my Dallas area show this okay. time around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fort Worth. Is Dallas, be, Fort Worth. That's yeah, the only the only <laughs> show I'm going to do in that area this time. Yeah. Well, you have a decidedly blue influence to your music, obviously. How does it feel to be in Texas, which is blue, pretty much not liberal? Yeah, yes. not, 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 not blue, blue like comedy. I'm, like I'm yes. working blue or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm not doing the red liberal, box show. Liberal, or yeah. A liberal okay. bent yeah. to, your, to your music. How that. is it doing that in, you know, for lack of better words, such a red state? <laughs> well, it's great. Uh, it's great because, because the people who come out to see political satire in a red state are people who are wanting to hear a liberal message. That's just true. If you're a red person, you know, you're likely not gonna not gonna show up to something where you know that your all your your favorite red things are gonna be made fun of. <laughs> right? I, that I'm sorry about that. Yeah, no. I would lo- no, I would love to I would love to play for you know more mixed crowds and all that kind of stuff. But I, I do also love preaching to the choir and bring the people out who are doing progressive work. In a lot of places where, where you know, it just isn't easy to do that. You know, I come from California, and where I live, you know, there are 87 progressive things to do on any given night. Yeah, you'll see. You you talk about being from San Francisco. I grew up in Foster City, okay. so I know. You know, <laughs> when you just started talking about Marin County, I'm all like, okay, that was my neighbor. That was my neighbor. right, right, right. <laughs> you know, the guy who's braiding the ear hair. I, you know, yeah. he lived down the street. From so us. you know, there's the whole hippie thing there, like that. Yeah, exactly. And um, so there's there is much more of a consensus there around some of the stuff that I'm singing. But here, people people. Um, what I hope I can do is articulate it in such a way that it's funny and entertaining, but it's also pithy enough to carry it forward. Come out and go out of the concert and go, like, oh, that's how we said that. That's how, that's how that is. That's how I want to think about it, or I can bounce my thoughts off of that. Yeah. Uh, we really appreciate what you do. I really enjoy your music, and we wish you all the best. So Excellent. Right. Yeah. What's the name of the podcast? It's called Skeptic Wire. Skeptic Wire. Okay. Skeptic okay. Wire. Good. Uh, I'll send you a link to your uh, Roy at RoyZimmerman.com. Good. good. Okay. And uh, your website <laughs> is RoyZimmerman.com. It right? is, in fact. Yes. Okay. And they can find you on Facebook. And what were the odds, really? Um, it would be that, you know. Oh well, that's another thing because you you have the same name as a, as another famous folk singer, I believe, right? Who is not known by Zimmerman these days, though. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mr. Bob Dylan. So. Yeah, he's I, my dad. So. He's your dad. He's not. I'm his dad. <laughs> no, no, no. He hasn't gone by Zimmerman in a long time. <laughs> we just drove Highway 61, though. We did. We re- revisited our Highway 61 on, on our own then too. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's really all the questions. Thank you. All thank right. you so you much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Yeah, yeah, you bet. Yeah, but he does a, a lot of political humor, uh, satirical. He has this one that, that Donna was just kind of drooling over because it had to do with the uh, with anthropology. Out of, anthropology out of Africa kind of thing, uh, the Rift Valley. Or, yes, that you know, anthropologists don't get a whole lot of songs written about them, so it's 
kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, so, but he does. He, he's been he's been loving the the latest things going on in politics, and we have been loving uh, things that have been going on in politics, but. Only because I do they not make think for... that I do not think that word means what you think it means. Well, it gives us something to talk about on on the podcast, uh, even though we're not really a political podcast. Har har har. <laughs> so they're having uh, what's that thing? Hearings. They're having hearings up in in D.C. about uh, healthcare and healthcare reform, and specifically uh, requiring. Insurance companies and, and companies in general to supply uh, birth control, and it's becoming a quite a fiasco. Uh, today, for example, which is what Thursday the the sixteenth, uh, there was yes. a picture going around about these people talking about women's health, uh, women's contraception. Well, not just talking, testifying. At testifying. Congress. So you're absolutely right. They were testifying before Congress about women's issue and. They were all guys. So, no, they were old white males. All white males, and some of them were priests. <laughs> and it's like, how 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 are these people qualified at all to speak on uh, on women's health and women's issues? Well, you know, the Republican Party they want to they want a government so small it will fit in your uterus. <laughs> this is true, and specifically in the uterus. <laughs> the interesting thing is that the on the Democratic side, they actually seem to be fairly effective in taking that issue of all these guys who were um, testifying about women's health and taking it and turning it into a political meme because it seems like the picture of this table of eight guys. It's five you guys. Know, they, yeah, whatever it was. Yeah, the only people testifying were these men, um, and, and spreading they had a couple, it around. A couple, a couple of priests behind him. There was one woman in the second in the second row of that after that photo in the center. Probably. Ooh, one whole woman. Yeah, yeah. one woman who hates herself apparently. But they, you know, they <laughs> were they were the seemed like they were the ones spreading that image, and they right. also there was um and a stunt. Well, maybe not a stunt, but basically. A well-publicized action of the, some of the Democratic women in that s- session, saying, "You know what? You're not going to listen to any women. We're going to walk out of this." So it, you know, it takes those kind of high-profile issues, kind of like the high-profileness of Wikipedia and Google going black black for a day over the um, the SOPA and PIPA laws. You know, it take it takes going to take those big events to actually get people's consciousness and i think uh, on it's the other hand it, it may have been more effective if they would have stayed in there and asked very pertinent questions however uh, i will say this today's testimony isn't going to be the only day that they talk about this and apparently today's the uh, the whole thing about today and the, the main point is about religious freedom and the right to refuse birth control to okay. their uh, cons- uh block which which makes me think they don't understand the compromise that Obama mentioned. Is that what you were going to talk about, Donna? No, I was going to say, yeah, it's, quote, religious freedom, but it is, once again, religious freedom for free, white, old, landowning males. They may not know own land. It's that, 
it's like that mindset of that women are property. Women are yeah. property or stupid. It's a case of sit down on the couch. Don't worry your pretty little head over this. We'll decide what happens to you. We'll take care of you because you're just too stupid to make decisions and you're not smart enough to go to college and get a Ph.D. in anthropology. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the question is... Uh, one of the questions of the many questions, myriad questions that, that come up, is at what point do religious convictions allow someone to infringe on, on the rights of somebody? That, that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier about not understanding the compromise, because as I, as I understand it, what Obama talked about is that, okay, if it's a church, an actual church, the church doesn't have to pay for contraception. If it's sure. a religiously owned uh, school or hospital or something, the coverage still has to cover it. But if they object because of religious reasons, then they don't have to pay for it being a religious organization, but the insurance company still I mean, does. So that it will still be there, but they don't have to pay for it. It seems like... I can't... I, I, what What... It amazes me is that uh, a hospital for <laughs> quote moral or ethical reasons will refuse birth control a doctor will refuse birth control or contra- uh, you know anything because it is most definitely a health issue uh, uh the pill in many cases while it does have adverse si- side effects to many women a lot of women it makes uh it helps them a lot. I think we talked about it has this. Has positive previous... side effects. Yeah, I think we've talked yeah, yes, about that. Uh, mostly, yeah. In general, it's a it's a very positive thing. It makes them regular. It keeps them less flowy. The the whole thing. I, yeah, we did talk about this about, about yeah. three weeks ago. Three, <laughs> three weeks ago. I just I don't understand why it's a moral problem. I don't know why it's well. A it's sin. not actually a moral problem. They are calling it a moral problem because it is dogma. And because their dogma states that, you know, the the seed shall not be spilled upon the ground, they have taken that to be no contraception. Yeah, when what it is is no ejaculation is how that should actually be read. Well, it should. <laughs> so it goes back to the whole kind of just be fruitful and, and multiply thing. That's what this is all about. That's exactly. that. that what else could it possibly be? It, it, it's, it's not a moral response it's neither moral nor ethical to and i'll use this term uh, in scare quotes stick somebody with a with an unwanted child or to stick in a, uh, a a child with someone who doesn't want them you know it's 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 the the meme that's going around the gop doesn't give a damn or shit the church doesn't give a damn about you before you're, you're born after you're born thank you yeah yeah and it is once again another way to control women Sure. It really is. You are supposed to stay chaste until you're married and, and all of this jazz, but, you know, it's, oh, but if you go out and you seek this, you know, you're a slut, you're this, you're that, and you should be shamed, and uh, it's just, it's another means of controlling. It does raise a question, at what point do people start realizing that their religion is crap? I mean, <laughs> at, what, at, what, at, what, at what point, especially, I mean, and this really specifically right now, it goes to the Roman Catholic or the Catholic. 
According to the research, 90% of Catholic women use birth control, completely against yeah. solid dogma. So at what point do you, do you actually just say, okay, can, can you say I'm not following any of the tenets of this religion? <laughs> so why are you why are you Catholic? Why are you even consider yourself uh, this religion? Except uh, socially, I guess, or you've always been Catholic. You know, right? It's it's like the secular Jews. You know, it's sort of there should be a a, a division of secular Catholics. Yeah, but, it's called well, Unitarianism. <laughs> right. <laughs> At what point does that does it push you over the edge and say, you know, screw this? <laughs> I'm 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 going my own way. I'm I'm going uh, Protestant. Well, well, that's the that's the thing. It's it's not your average day, average everyday woman. Or average everyday guy who just goes to church once a week and doesn't think about it the rest of the time, who's stirring up the shitstorm over birth control. It is the, you know, the patriarchy of the churches and the various uh, political organizations who are just stirring it up and being the really loud voices. Specifically, why aren't the women of the church speaking up? Why why are these people who are about to be severely repressed even more than they, I guess, don't think they are? But, I mean, from, from an outsider's point of view, it's, it's oppression of, of, okay, not the worst kind, I suppose, but it's, it's oppression. How can you live in a country, claim you're free, and then say, by the way, you can't, you can't, you have no control over your bodies? Well, it's like how many people are, Catholic and support gay marriage. It's once again, you have these people who are in quote control of the church and making these decisions and adding all of these, you know, edicts and dogmas and saying, this is what God says we're supposed to do. Yet the, once again, the average Joe goes, yeah, I'll believe that on Sunday from nine to noon. Right. It's 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 the idea of I'm going to take my religion and wall it off to the side, and because I have to protect it because it is so weird. This whole thing about a talking snake in a garden and a guy who, if you eat a cracker, it turns into his blood and body and all that. Because it's so Still weird, in or, you know, you kind of you don't want to question religion because you don't want to give up. It's the idea of not wanting to throw away the baby with the bathwater. If, if we start questioning part of the religion, the rest of it is going to fall like a house of cards. So I think it's well, some psychology Maybe in they should start questioning. Yeah, we're actually the, probably the wrong people to be asking this, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fallen Catholic. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's probably why each of us in our own way came out of religion, whether it was heavy religion or light religion. It was just a process of well, wait a minute, this just doesn't feel right, this doesn't make sense, starting to question, and like you said, we're, we've are we already gone down that road, so it's hard to, uh, it's sometimes hard to understand the people, the mindset of someone who's still in that place. But at least we have one hero, as far as I'm concerned, in this whole um, women's health care debate. It seems like um, there's another personhood bill going up in Oklahoma, yeah. And a Democratic uh, Senator, Constance Johnson, attached an amendment to it saying that um, basically not saying that uh, life begins at conception, but that life begins at ejaculation. 
<laughs> essentially preventing men from ever being able to masturbate. Yeah, which it, the, the quote is, any any action in which a man ejaculates or otherwise deposits semen anywhere but in a woman's vagina shall be interpreted and construed as an action against an unborn child. <laughs> yes, and, and it's a really... Technically, it should be an action against millions of unborn children. True. But <laughs> just remember, when you jack off, that's genocide. It's like that amendment a couple weeks ago where the woman was saying that before a man gets Viagra, she, you know, he has to get a, a rectal exam and a heart exam. It's kind of showing how farcical these personhood and uh, sonogram laws really are if you take them to the other side. And unfortunately, it's not getting a lot of traction, but at least some people are standing up for it and being heroes. Yeah, because the personhood and the sonogram laws are actually expanding all over the United States. Virginia is trying to pass its own um, vaginal uh, sonogram law. So, but it's those... it's it's not. Yes, VA stands for vagina now. <laughs> it, apparently, it stands for vaginal assault. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, interestingly, I thought if the Oklahoma bill, I. I popped up on Facebook uh, with people getting very upset about it, saying, oh my, <laughs> look look at uh, what they're trying to do. Oh my goodness. And it took almost uh, three or four hours to figure out that she was actually putting that in sarcastically and right. just to make the point. Because biblically, that's exactly what it is. You know, no spilling the seed upon the ground. And of course, sperm isn't really a seed. But they, you know, let's overlook that. It's a whole big metaphor thing. It's metaphor and, and lyrical language. And Speaking about lyrical language, however, <laughs> we did have a songwriting exercise. And Greg and I uh, were to write a skeptically, scientifically themed sort of Valentine's Day-ish song. So, Greg... Let's um, let's listen to your song, and then we will have you talk about it. Yep, it's right. called uh, "My Life with You." My life with you. All right, here we go. <laughs> You're the perfect girl, a dream to behold. When they made you, they broke the mold. You'll keep your looks, even when we're old. You're the perfect girl, a dream to behold. with you is everything great you love what I love and hate what I hate those stars got crossed in ridiculous fate my life with you is everything great To see my ethical slut, 
those games behind doors. They're never a rut with positions and toys and everything but your fantasy. My ethical slut. And I've got your ear, your wise two cents, you're always around when I need to vent. The walls light up when you're in the room. Aren't we a sight? The bride and her groom Your glowing face With a baby in womb The walls light up When you're in the room Our life together the future's all set It's a good thing That we never met You're the picture of The feminine ideal It'd be nice to meet you If only for real But red gives to green the dream goes a blur Too bad I'll never Know who you were So Greg, now that you've played it for us and everything else, um... And everything nope. else. What else were you doing that I wasn't aware of? I was dancing. Okay. Yes. 
It was a very cute little uh, chair dance. It, I, I like. Uh, I like to think of it as kind of the bouncing Muppet dance. <laughs> Manamanat. You know, tell us the story of how you came up with this song. Because it's kind of, you know, it's very different than most Valentine's Day music. <laughs> well, it's, it, it really kind of started out in, um, having some writer's block the last couple weeks. I just couldn't think of anything. I had a couple of ideas, but they kind of didn't go anywhere, and I wrote something else. And you refused to call me? That, (laughs) (laughs) well, I don't want to call you on Valentine's Day. You're busy. Um, Before Valentine's Day? (laughs) I I had another lyric, and it just, I couldn't feel what the song was going to be. So in as an exercise, really, of just getting words out there, I said, okay, I'm going to write the schlockiest love song I can think of. And just, you know, lay it on thick of the standard... Not exactly codependent kind of love song stuff, like I'll die without you, but um, just kind of, oh, you're wonderful, you're great, you're you're the most amazing thing in the world. And then, well, what logically follows from that? Well, the problem is that the most level, you know, wonderful woman or the most wonderful guy in the world just doesn't exist. You have this <laughs> ideal in your head of someone you see across the room. You've or been hurt badly, that- haven't you? What? <laughs> You've been hurt badly, haven't you? <laughs> well, you know, you, well, you yes, have to... but we're getting beyond that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, he, he, Greg's looking up at this guy going, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm saying that about myself. You do have to admit that it is kind of creepy stalkery. Well, it's, you know. it's not the stalkery. It's the you're sitting at a stoplight, you look over, you see a woman in another car, and you think, wow, she's beautiful. And you have this 30-second love affair with her of, you know, you can imagine your life together and everything's wonderful and she's everything you want her to be and not anything horrible. Uh, she agrees with you about everything, wants to do everything you do, and reality just isn't that way. So and then you every realize, love song you've ever heard lies to you. As as the uh, the meme goes, no matter how beautiful she is, you know, someone somewhere is sick of her shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it goes doubly so for guys. Now, do you feel like you owe Dossie Easton any credit for the amount of times that you pimped out her book in your song? I have no idea who the hell that is. She wrote the book The Ethical Slut. Oh, right. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I listen to relationship and sex advice podcasts, and I've heard people talk about that book. I just have never read it. It's just a great phrase. It is a good phrase. I, I, I enjoyed the use of it. Um, now, would you call yourself a skeptical singer or just a singer-songwriter who just happens to write skeptical stuff? Yes to both. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you know, I I like writing songs that are intelligent. And right now, because everything is all skeptic wire with me, that's on my mind a lot. Um, and I always thought when I've written the songs in the last couple of years of wanting to be of uh, uh, having a niche, not just being of Mr. Folky with the mandolin guy as compared to say George Robb, who's rock and, you know, um, great and square who's rap or something like that, but also more kind of geared towards non adult. So writing songs that you could play for kids 
Yeah. So, you know, last year I wrote a book, you know, a song about, you know, what it'd be like for a kid to have their own Bigfoot. And this is kind of more, not exactly a kid's song, not for like seven, but more that teenager who thinks, well, you know, this person I'm with is the most perfect person in the world. So sometimes that's what I think you mean, of as my teenage, audience. Teenage through about 24, <laughs> I think, is the yeah. age group. <laughs> <laughs> so, Greg, what would you count as your influences for this song? Um, I broke him. Yes. He's a thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> and you can tell sometimes that breaks me. Um, wait, wait. Uh, uh, Jerry Garcia. <laughs> no. Oh. Um, actually, some of the just general structure of it came from think, uh, listening to a Loudon Wainwright song, where it was basically kind of the... The, the the line, a couple rhyming things that still rhyme with that first line, and then repeating the first line again. Hmm. Now, that other song is a, a more upbeat song, and um, just ta- it, it's a conversation between father and daughter about, you never call me, you never write me, you never seem to like me, that kind of thing. So it's a completely different tone, but the general structure came from that. Everything else yeah. is just the romantic at heart. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to tell us about the song? It's in the key of G major. <laughs> and it's 70 beats per minute, right? Yeah, somewhere between 65 and 70. Yeah. I paid attention. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, and, and for, well, for, for reference, most, most dance music is about 120 to 140. Right. <laughs> so Fair. So... It's not a danceable song, but hey, it's got all the kids peep popping and whatever. You, well, I don't know what they do. It could be more of a slow dance in the gym. You've just got your hands on each other's, you know, whatever's, and just kind shoulders. of shoulders, yes. oh, shoulders, shoulders. Yeah, <laughs> always. As the nuns would say, always leave room for the Holy Spirit, which just kind of creepy. Well, since I deny the Holy Spirit, I can be right up there against. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, Gary, why don't we listen to your song? And then, you know, I will get a couple of questions for you. It's February 14th and today. The skies are blue So I picked a bunch of flowers That I'm gonna give to you Perhaps it's the dopamine Or the norepinephrine That's putting this smile on my face Every time I think of you And though 
Cause the allergies are kicking me yeah. I know there's soothing coming Cause I popped an antihistamine As the antagonist block Before I operated this machine But oh, the chemicals divine They'll fade and when they do I'll be feeling upon me by by two people who decided that we were going to write uh, skeptically scientifically themed Valentine's Day songs. <laughs> now, hey, is it hard to write a skeptically themed Valentine's Day song? In yes. Fact, well, it, <laughs> for, for, for me, this one actually came fairly simply. Uh, in fact, I, I kind of wrote two uh, skeptical science-y kinds of songs, and one, and two, one turned into a song for my girlfriend, uh, which is, uh, I called my baby as a scientist. And then, but this one came out first. Uh, so what you're saying is you were inspired. Yes. It got by me. By your girlfriend. Uh, sure. <laughs> yes. 
Well, actually, I was more in, I was inspired by this challenge. Which, it just helped that you had a girlfriend. It, well, yes, it helps that as well. Yes, it also helps that my girlfriend is a scientist. You know, and I've I've been trying to write for for the last couple of years more skeptically, more scientifical, uh, scientifical, more, sci- <laughs> more 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 science, me, more better, based. more betterly wordly songs is um, than than I have in the past. But I, I've always been one to put odd words into songs, like really long words or difficult words or, or words that you might have to look up because they're they're unusual. Uh, I enjoy doing that, and this is a, a way for me to even go a little bit further. So what I did on this one was, I honestly don't quite know how it started. I was just sitting there with the guitar and just humming along, and then I started thinking about, okay, what what is love? What is Scientifically, what is love? And so I started looking up uh, on, online and through some, some journals on... Uh, how love in the brain works. What are the uh, what are the mechanisms? So trying to combine uh, what, we, what you would call romantic love, the way we feel it, with the scientific love in the way it works in the brain. I, I knew I knew the first line was going to be about how the chemicals work in the brain. So that's why I have dopamine and norepinephrine in in the brain because those are the ones that that give you sort of the the lusty the happy feelings. Uh, and in that first line, I, I said, uh, picking a bunch of flowers and I have allergies. So <laughs> automatically, uh, with the words dopamine and, and norepinephrine, it just histamines, uh, was the first thing that came to mind. I said, oh, okay, well I'll combine that and just make it of a, make it a tale of all these chemicals. Uh, and that's. That's what I did. So the the first line is about romantic love and and uh, and passionate love in the brain. The second one is about uh, allergies affecting and and how uh, the chemicals that you take to do that can can alter your perception. And the third one is chocolate because you know you give chocolate to to girls. And uh, I remember reading and uh, actually it may have been like a sixty second science about chocolate having the same effect as as you know love or, or kissing and so i looked at that business oh well it's, it's the same effect as an orgasm and, well in some people but in this uh it can give it's nearly like a passionate kiss and so i thought okay well there's the third line <laughs> greg you had something to add no just that chocolate good chocolate is chocolate good, yeah. good. <laughs> and, and, a, and a really cool thing about working on this song is i pretty much wrote it and then I play it for my girlfriend and, and she's a biologist so she, she started throwing out all this stuff on how allergies work and and the whole thing. So I had a whole list of lots of really cool things that I could I could uh, pulse from. So, so it was cool. new, it was new suggestions, not you got it totally fucking wrong, you idiot. No, uh, I I did pretty good. I did a pretty good job of of doing my research, but she she gave me a couple of uh, new lines that I could I could use. Did she give you any particularly horrible words that you're like fuck? How do I rhyme with that? <laughs> No, but um, she did come up with my, my cells are going to degranulate. Or actually, she came up with degranulate, which is uh, when your nose turns all snotty. <laughs> so that happened to rhyme with chocolate, which uh, some some people didn't like. I know they don't like me rhyming chocolate with state and degranulate. 
but tough. Okay. <laughs> well, it, here's the question for both of you, though, also, is now that you've done Challenge 1, Valentine's Day songs, what is March's challenge going to be? <laughs> drinking! Yeah. St. Patrick's Day? St. Patrick's Day kind of drinking thing. Oh, okay. I, that's my suggestion. Which, which is kind of funny, considering you don't drink, Greg. Yeah, yeah. It's going to well, be way uh, yeah. technical on his side. Or, or or a non-drinking viewpoint of all the drinking age. Yeah, I was thinking either just the, the point of view of someone who is not drinking, whether they through choice or through you're the designated driver, or something along the lines of just my personal point of view of the idea of drinking all the time and being the only way you could have fun not making sense to me. So mm. that just kind of bewilderment that, I have sometimes, as Donna chugs the last of her wine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what? We'll put a, you know, the songs will be up on the podcast. We invite our listeners to comment um, either on the podcast uh, review page on iTunes or on our blog or our Facebook. So listen, let the guys know what you think. So next next month, next month is um, a, a drinking song. Skeptical, skeptical scientific drinking song. Let's do it. All right. Okay. Well, I guess that brings us to the lightning the round. Lightning round. Yeah. Lightning round. What, what's the lightning round, Greg? The lightning round is where we. Take the last 15 or 20 minutes of our show and try to fit in all the, as many other topics as we found this week that we didn't have time for. Uh, we, in our researching with news and websites and blogs, uh, we just find so many stories we, we just can't get to them. So what we do is each of us gets 90 seconds to talk about a topic at a time, and usually we do two topics each. And, um, we cut ourselves off with a dinger. Uh, apparently, though, this time, this week, we lost the dinger. We don't know where it is. It's somewhere in, in the words. house. So, so we'll, we'll add it in in post. But yeah, as, we'll, we'll as figure uh, out Thomas Dolby said, I've tidied it up and I can't find anything. Well, yeah, ish, sort of. Yeah. I thought he said she blinded me with science. Yes. But I'm, I'm a re- uh, paraphrasing something that was in that song. All my tubes okay. and wires and careful notes, you know. Well, we are going to start this lightning round this week <laughs> with me. Oh. Um, it seems that tonight, February 16th, um, there was a big um, to-do over at, um, in Rhode Island where Jessica Alquist challenged the prayer banner and won in a court case several weeks ago. Um, and the city council was meeting today to hear public comments on whether or not they should um, appeal that ruling or not. Now, uh, there are lots of different voices going on there. Apparently, there was a lot of um, kind of mob mentality of people yelling, uh, you know, yelling at people, waving banners, giving Jessica Alquist dirty looks because she was there. Uh, everybody stood to do the Pledge of Allegiance, and apparently there were lots of people completely and utterly obnoxious about uh, saying the under God part of the pledge, but um, there's also seems to be a lot of positive people there who um, who spoke up, who signed up to speak, 
and went through the legal issues and that it's, you know, even if you're a believer, there's nothing wrong with separating the church and state um, because everybody can pray in their own time. And it looks like um, we have, a, there are some people who are live blogging um, and there's some comments online. So it looks like the council voted three to two against an appeal which means that they're going to save money for kids' actual education instead of worrying about a silly prayer banner, which is good news. Yay. Congratulations, Cranston High. Yep. Cranston. This week, the part Cranston of the... Cranston West. <laughs> Hold on, got to be careful. Apparently, there's a Cranston East. Ah. So. Uh, sounds like something out of a, a really bad musical. We love Cranston. Yeah. Oh, oh, I, I think I mis- misread that. It might have been five to two against. Yay. So I guess it's a seven-person council. Excellent. Which it well, should, as well it should be. Yeah. And how much do you want to bet those people will not be elected next year? It could happen. I mean, the opposite happened with the Dover people who tried to force the creationism. So we'll see. So raise your hand if you're ready to go next. Well, too late. Donna, you're going to do next. Okay, hold on. i got to get my article. <laughs> okay, Gary, you're going to go next. Yes. Uh, this is a case of read beyond the headlines and use your brain. Uh, CNN.com had a fluff piece that the headline was, iPad retains value longer than Kindle, research finds. Well, you have to understand uh, that the iPad is a tablet computer and the Kindle is an e-reader device, which happens to do a lot of the things that a tablet does. So it is a false dichotomy there. And it kind of upset me a little bit that they were, they even had this piece. It was like, oh, well, you should probably buy the, the iPad, obviously, because if you buy the Amazon Kindle, uh, uh, you're going to lose value. It's like, well, okay, one, why are you buying the device in the first place? So, two, what does it matter if you're losing value? An e-reader will be an e-reader will be an e-reader. It doesn't matter. You're always going to be able to read stuff on that. Same with the tablet. You can always surf the Internet and do the things that you need to do. So I think it was just a very stupid... And you know what? And furthermore, I think it, it was probably written by Apple, even though Apple refused to comment on the on the, on the the price difference. So... So screw CNN and their fluff piece, and screw Apple and and their tablet, because uh, I can't afford one. But it doesn't matter. They should send me one, and Amazon should send me a Kindle as well, so that I can compare and decide whether it should or should not be losing value. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the role of the dinger this week will be played by my mandolin. <laughs> mandolin. It has the word man in it. <laughs> yes. Yes, it does. Okay. Donna, you ready? Yes, I am ready. Well, in... tough luck. Gary's going to go again. No. Okay. <laughs> Donna, go ahead. In, you know, Valentine's Day, one of the most frequently things bought to celebrate the day is champagne. Um, there's been a recent study that basically champagne is usually served in one of two glasses. One is a shallow bowl and one is the, a flute They've actually done a study and determined that bubbly tastes better in the flute as opposed to the shallow bowl because the shallow bowl actually releases more of the carbonation and the flute retains a bunch of it. So, you know, there you go. That could actually lead us into next month's um, singing challenge. (laughs) I don't know. 
<laughs> just one of those interesting, you know, um, what's the the who? No, wait. Who 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 did the tasting? Because we we are uh, very subjective, and so people who think that they can uh, taste well, maybe well influenced by the the glass themselves. Oh well, it should be served in there. Therefore, I'm not going to like it. Well, actually, what they used was a micro gas chromatograph to track the levels of CO2 and the evaporation of alcohol into the headspace as part of the determination for um, which tastes better. So, hmm. I mean, they, they were trying to... So by sucking up carbon dioxide and killing brain cells, uh, you, you taste champagne better. Yep. <laughs> and that's pretty much all I got. Um, they actually also determined that one of the factors in CO2 density is that they were talking about the change in temperatures, and they actually did a really comprehensive study about what goes into champagne. So. Okay, you know what, Greg? We're not going to call that a mandolin now. We're going to call it a patriarchal in. <laughs> <laughs> You're well, next, though. <laughs> speaking of the patriarchy and evil things and things that Gary and I disagree on, in South Carolina, um, a couple a week or so ago, um, they have decided that they're going to offer a license plate, a custom license plate that says "I believe" on the top of it. On the <laughs> left hand side, it will be three crosses with a nice yellow background, the sun rising behind it. Not UFOs. No, no, no. three crosses. I want some, Big I want some rainbows. Yeah, pretty much. It's um, it is a um, it's going to be a um. Oh, we we stopped him. Oh, oh, he just ran that time. It's it's going to be a fundra- fundraiser for the Silver Ring South Carolina organization, which is basically an evangelical um, sexual purity kind of organization. <laughs> So, <laughs> oh God! Are they going to have that creepy teddy bear? It's yeah, it's like purity bear like kind of thing. Bear? It's, <laughs> yes, it's and it just it's it goes back to really pisses me off that even though the government is not going to pay for this, all the money basically it, what the usual um, twenty four dollars that would go to the state for a regular license plate will go to them, and the rest of it, the rest of the forty nine dollars will go to the charity. It's wow. still a government-issued thing and should be separated from religion, and it pisses me off, but apparently not Gary. <laughs> so there you go. You have the choice. You have the choice in that case. But it's a, it's, it's a religious thing offered <laughs> you know, by the government. It says South Carolina on it. You are illegal if you do not have a plate. Here, here's my argument about it, though. What if they had a big red atheist A and they were donating money to the Richard Dawkins Foundation? It's not a religion. Atheism is not a religion. It is in the eyes of the courts. It's a group. Uh, all right. I, it just pisses me off. Yeah. And things, speaking of things that piss me off, Gary. <laughs> um, uh, things, uh, yes, we, we will go into things that you probably don't want to uh, do. And apparently, in Montpierre, Vermont... Female prison inmates 
<laughs> painted the image of a pig on the decal that goes on police cruisers. Uh, this is partially caused by having inmates do work for the state. Uh, basically, they're getting paid to, to you know, make license plates, or in this case, paint decals. So they turned one of the the spots on a cow into a pig. And they didn't notice it until it had actually been put on the cars, and one of the police was washing it off, and they said, oh, look, it's in the shape of a pig. That's funny. Uh, well, and, it's not like this is a first time for, for stuff like that. I mean, well, no. There have been known Disney artists, like the guy who did the cover for um, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, yeah. Gay was fired for being gay, but as he knew that he was going to be fired, he put a variety of phallic symbols into um, Princess Ariel's castle. Yes. Uh, I was I was working at a video store at the time, and we had to return some of those. Uh, the other thing is, real quick, uh, that also made me laugh, is the heart attack grill in Las Vegas apparently had a guy who had a heart attack eating a triple bypass burger, which is 6,000 calories. Uh, they're saying it's not a stunt. It's still an irony. And I just, you know, chuckled. Ha ha, I chuckled. Actually, I went, Ah, uh, the patriarchal in. <laughs> that leaves Donna. Yes, it does. Well, people who visited the Super Bowl Village in downtown Indianapolis last week were met with um, an unfortunate other visitor, as one of the persons walking around was a confirmed case of measles, and a second case has now been identified. Yay, anti-vaxxers! On Friday, about 200,000 people visited during the festival to buy memorabilia, eat and play games, according to the committee. Um, So, yeah, anti-vaxxers, thank you very much. You could have started a massive epidemic. That's all I got to say is, you know, this was a disease that was mostly controlled. And um, unfortunately, once there's nothing we can do to alleviate measles once it has um, infected somebody. But, you know, so yeah. I wonder how, how long measles uh, lasts outside the body. You know, could, could people who... Like they they sneezed on a on a handrail or something, and someone came by and came and they had the sniffles and they 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 did that. Right, you mean the fomites? I sure. don't know. It's fomites. Too bad we don't have a doctor on the podcast. <laughs> well, a medical person, as opposed to someone True. who does axe wounds. Sarder be prejudiced, <laughs> doctor wise. Doctor. <laughs> Oh, look at her. She's steaming. She's steaming. It's like, I'm a doctor. I should be able to come back with that. Do you want a mulligan? You didn't get a lot of no, chance you, you to talk. You, you, No, it's fine. You, you want me to... I'm you, actually... You, 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 all you, I you, had... Would you like to call a friend? <laughs> no. Really, all I had to say was, people go out and get vaccinated. These are simple things. They're good for society. Don't make other people around you sick. Don't. You know, that's... Don't turn the United States into post-apocalyptic 12 monkeys. Oh, exactly. I like monkeys. Monkey! Have you seen 12 <laughs> Monkeys? The movie? Yes. yes. Well, I know you have, Donna. Apparently, Greg uh, wants to Chris, be a monkey. Chris, try to reenact it. 
So get your dirty hands off me, you damn dirty ape. You dirty monkey? Well, I guess that's about it. That's about it. We have anything else? Go to Roy Zimmerman if if you get the opportunity. Buy his stuff. Well, you should probably buy my stuff, but, you know, (laughs) he's actually touring and, and having a good time. Well, go and buy Gary's stuff. Then go and buy Roy Zimmerman's stuff. Then buy, buy go to Adam and Eve and buy their stuff because we didn't mention them once today. You know we didn't. I'm I'm disappointed in us. We wow. mentioned Cheez-Its more often than we mentioned Adam and Eve. <laughs> well, I think we're now tied. <laughs> yeah, we were talking so about health. Adam and, and Eve. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. There, we've mentioned it more. Vagina. Okay. Uh, well, thanks for joining us. This is another Skype conversation. Uh, for those of you uh, playing at home, playing uh, Skeptic Wire Bingo. <laughs> okay, so I guess right. that does it. Yes, yes, yes it does. I guess so. So, au revoir. Wiedersehen. Bye-bye. Yo. Yo. The Skeptic Wire podcast theme music is by Oscar Lawn with guest mandolin by Greg Perrine. If you've enjoyed listening to The Skeptic Wire, leave a review on iTunes or leave us a voice message via the PodPosted app for iPhone. Friend us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at The Skeptic Wire. Follow our blog at skepticwire.blogspot.com or send us an email, skepticwire at gmail.com. You've been listening to The Skeptic Wire. kitchens who basically just say hey screw you yes that would be my phone <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that how do i turn that off hello <laughs> i could just throw the phone into the other room you have a volume uh, rocker on the ringer probably setting. the right side. There we go. Select. Off. Yes. Orf. Okay. It might ring in the other room, but who cares? Nobody calls me anyway. It, well, apparently not. All right. Uh, were you doing drugs? I gave blood today. Uh-huh. That's right. Well, it was a weird week with Valentine's Day screwing up your guys' schedules. Um, and then <laughs> the concert great. on our usual recording night. So it was just one of those weird things. And it was, and, you know, and we'll, I've been rearranging my house all week. You, yes. You, and appar- apparently you can perform surgery over at Gary's house now. And, well, in the bathrooms. Yeah. <laughs> was that just code for playing doctor or? No, apparently the girlfriend cleaned it that well. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> yes. She spent so so quite the, some time the, on the, the creatures in Gary's bathroom are not going to develop language skills? They're no yes. longer there. She oh, she right. excised them. She brought in some holy water known as Clorox. <laughs> Which also can be found at AdamandEve.com. <laughs> exactly.